Stick around, Scotty. I might need to lay down a captain's law. Gross, sir. Stab at a class four piss hydra from hell! I should probably get that looked at. You have stage three space herpes, Jim. Have you been having sex with the aliens we've discovered? There wasn't much sleeping going on. Wait, you said having sex. Too bad. That would have been funny. Damn it, Jim. What about the Prime Directive? Did I forget to tell you about the Prime Directive, big guy? <laughs> oh, wow. I'm getting some vibrant colors down there. Oh, that is ripe. You've been spreading a virulent STD across the entire galaxy. I have a lot to put right. Then again, we live in the 23rd century. Problem solved. Damn it, Jim. You've got to notify every alien you slept with in the past five years. Captain's log, Stardate, I'm not talking to Bones anymore. He's a real buzz kill. Relax, it's not like it's space AIDS. Scotty, here are the coordinates of every place my Wang made contact. <gasps> my mother's house? I wouldn't kiss her on the mouth from now on. Or the butt. You want to slide those knobs there, or you want me to keep going? So the chances are slim, but I'd get tested just to be safe. I'm just a slave. The fact that you took the time to tell me really touches my heart. Just like you touched mine. Hey, I heard that. Chuck, this one's got a bug. Throw her in the incinerator. So, remember that game I taught you? The naked game? You never told me who won. We both lost. Hello, the Gorn. I know we promised never to talk about our epic battle, and our hands, clenched in anger, found themselves intertwined in passion. But I might have given you herpes. No shit. Really? Yeah. Damn it, Jim! Keep it in your pants! Bones, you're a doctor, not my mom. Everyone's been notified, so no harm, no foul. Scotty's parents are getting a divorce. Yes, it's all tied up in a nice little bow. Come on, you fuckers! Think that just because a guy reads comics, he can't hurt me? Shit! This week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Tenders all I'm too sober for this shit. They may be drinkers, Robin, but they're also human beings. It's the first month of the year, and we're focusing our attention on beginnings, fresh starts, origins, first contacts, and the beginning of the end. Ignore her, she drinks. We are starting first with the beginning of the end in the Infinity Gauntlet. We then move to new beginnings with the vision. Letter 44 surrounds our first contact with aliens. The Omega Men bring back the beginning of the end. And we get a fresh star with, with X-Men Mutant Genesis. They're used to curious sights which they attribute to alcoholic delusions. Okay. Oh, honey. Uh, hey, here we are for episode 40 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Uh, this week we are continuing our firsts and beginnings and beginnings of the end. And this week we have first contact with uh, the book Letter 44, which also ties into tomorrow's event as this uh, episode is released into the world. Uh, tomorrow is the inauguration of uh, <coughs> President Trump. And uh, so uh, there is a tradition uh, in, uh, it's kind of an old state tradition. I, I knew about the tradition, this, this book kind of reminded me of it, of the uh, outgoing president leaving a note for the incoming president, and uh, in this book, the uh, outgoing president leaves some shocking news to the incoming president. He thinks he's going to have to deal with housing or a war crisis or whatnot, and little does he know that uh, humans are about to make first contact with um, a alien species. Dun, dun, dun. 
So, um, <laughs> I'm using that sound clip to the best of my abilities. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Our voiceover artist extraordinaire, the lovely and talented dun, dun, dun. himself, Q, is with us this week. Q, how are you? <laughs> Everyone. Um, so I'm Q, taking, taking a nice uh, mini break from, from theater stuff. Just getting back into the grind after being out of work for about a week and a half. Yeah, that's that's it for me. Uh, hold on, I'm going to... How did you know? Is it just about to take a shot? Uh, that was for you. I just, I just, I, just, I mean, and, and for those of you, who, I mean, we record these early because we have lives. We want to make sure that you, our fine listeners, actually get the podcast when you want them. Uh, so I just returned from uh, uh, New Year's Eve that I spent with Todd and his lovely wife and my lovely wife hanging out. And mm-hmm. Q, in your honor, we did, uh, I took mini bottles of Smirnoff for you. Oh, um, Fantastic. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how you drink that shit. It's <laughs> terrible. First of all, you all just need to build up your your um, immunity to it. You uh-huh. just gotta do it. I hear you, but why drink that when there's so many other things to drink? Listen, so, I have said this numerous times on here. I have done many blind taste tests, and I always yeah. put it off. And, and, and that's your thing. That's your thing, and that's great, and I respect that for it. Because like, I kind of feel like do I you? like whiskey. I, I, well, if it's his taste, like, because, like, I, I like whiskey. Like, I don't like vodka, but I like whiskey. But my taste in whiskey is not the same as everyone's. Like, it's a very personalized thing. There's stuff that I think is great that other people might not like. There's stuff that people brought me that said, this is amazing, that I'm like, eh, yes, it's good. No, it's not. You know, I mean, whatever. And so I can't what, do dark liquor. It makes me cry. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> well, you'll be glad to know, uh, Q, that I actually... Uh, as of this recording yesterday, we all went to uh, the High West Distillery, and I discovered mm-hmm. a, a silver t- uh, whiskey that is not a dark whiskey, and it was delicious. Yes, so, sure. Silver whiskey. Amazing. I don't yes. trust that. That sounds like chemicals and witchery. Uh, it, it's not, actually, but that's okay. Uh, I mean, the color in whiskey actually comes from the barrel, not the liquid. Uh, but that's a totally different issue. Yeah, this um, one, they aged the whiskey in a barrel for all of five, like, literally five minutes. I was reading up about it earlier today, so... It sees the barrel, but then it goes away. Uh, newfound whiskey connoisseur, Noan Den himself, we have Adam. Yay, what's up, everyone? It's me, uh, Adam. And yes, I actually I, I learned that uh, it wasn't the fact that I didn't like whiskey. I was just drinking the wrong kinds. Yep. So uh, we had some fun up in uh, Park City yesterday. And speaking of Park City, as this is being released, I am entering my first day of Sundance. So Yay! Um, I will be up in Park City for a couple days. <clears throat> Uh, at the most horrible theater with the worst seats in the world, uh, <laughs> seeing movies that half of them will probably be really shitty. Uh, but then the rest of the time, I'll be down in uh, actually in Salt Lake proper because I've got the the special VIP pass that lets me into Salt Lake shows. So, yay! So yeah, actually, it's kind of fun. This is actually my first day when this is released of a little like six day vacation. So I too am nice. taking a nice break, which is well deserved. So, but yeah. Anyways, I uh, come uh, read my stuff on Big Shiny Robot. We actually will now have new movies to talk about because we're through award season and into the oh shit, this movie's horrible. Let's release it in January where everyone will forget it time of year. And exactly. I'm so excited to to have seen Underworld, the fifth one, whatever the shit. (laughs) Uh, And then also the Board as Hell podcast with our good friend Andy Wilson, who occasionally gets here. Andy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's me. Uh, And I'll be seeing, next time we talk, I will have seen probably about 20 movies. So fantastic. Uh, Speaking of movies. I wanted it to be with someone I loved the first time I saw it, and I recently saw it with him. I recently saw the new uh, Rogue One uh, film, the Star Wars film, and the special person I got to write, uh, watch it with, oh, honey himself, we have Todd with us. Oh, you make me feel so special. You should. Yes, I'm Todd. You can find me on Big... Not on Big Shiny Robot, that's where Adam is. <laughs> hey, you, uh, you are my, my screening date when my husband can't come, so... That's right. I'll be your Tim Tebow any day. I'll Tebow you, big boy. Speaking of which, by the way, it was snowing enough up here. Park City School District canceled school today due to oh, snowfall. Wow. So, wow. yes. So Brian's darling wife experienced pretty snow yesterday, but <laughs> it's no longer pretty here. It is now just a pain in the ass. So, now yeah. she now has a very false and 
untrue view of what snow means. But you have no idea how false it is because, like, we were actually driving uh, yesterday, or maybe driving home, and we were talking about it. And she was like, "It was so pretty. We should like, we should really think about moving to Utah." And I was like. Here's the problem. You've uh, seen it for a weekend. I've really lived in it. That's I don't think I want to know. Honey, no. <laughs> That's right. No. I drove very smoothly and carefully, and I thought I did a good job. You did. I yeah, did. You deluded her into thinking that snow is not a big deal. That yeah, was part because of the problem. You, were, you weren't in my Corolla, which I can't <laughs> go up slight hills. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, also, that snow delayed our flight uh, by almost over an hour. But, of course, the airline sends you a thing saying, hey, your flight's delayed till 8-something. But you should show up on time anyway and hang out for an extra hour, which was, with, with the dog in tow, was a very interesting experience. Um, yeah, but the, do- the dog was high, wasn't he? Uh, he was pretty stoned, yes, and he was very popular. There were lots of people who wanted to come over and say hi to that dog. Because uh, he's so riddle. He is super whittle and he's super cute and he's way more popular than me. He gets along with my wife very well because both of them are going to be very popular together. Uh, and uh, Pearson, by the way, hi, I am uh, Brian. I am an uh, unpopular uh, member here in uh, Southern California. Uh, I'm a sound designer. Yeah. Uh, I'm a sound designer for uh, video games and theater and other things. And, uh, you know, the only thing I project I have that I can actually talk about that's coming up is. Um, a game called Killing Comma, my friend, uh, and uh, we've discussed that ad nauseum. We've discussed the fact that my wife doesn't like the title of it, but uh, you know, hopefully you'll be able to hear some voices, and hopefully it'll make some money so that I can make some money. Uh, but that being said, this week we're not making any money. We're talking about comic books, so we're spending money, um, and we are discussing uh, this week Letter 44, which is from, I think, 2015 is when it started, if I remember correctly. 2014, 2013. Sure. Quick, to Wikipedia. 2014. 2014. Okay, so July of two years ago. Um, and so uh, to give you a quick summary um, before we go into the break, it's uh, basically what I described before. Uh, the incoming president gets a note from the outgoing president and finds out, oh shit, there uh, there is some sort of alien um, mining operation set up, I believe, near Saturn. Jupiter, Saturn, Jupiter, Jupiter, Saturn, somewhere in there, um, and there is currently a uh, an astro- a team of astronauts on their way out to uh, meet said uh, alien uh, device, sp- spaceship, whatever it is, um, and to make the first contact between humans and aliens, and uh, and uh, you learn all of the drama that goes on from there. Um, but of course, if you're going to read it, which I believe we would all recommend, because I think most of us actually like this book, um, you're going to need a drinking game. And now for sports. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. Listen up, sports fans. The thrill of victory. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. And the agony of defeat. Remember, it's only a game and a dumb one at that. The human drama of athletic competition. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Rule one, the baby on board rule. Which is every time there's a reference to a baby or pregnancy, take a drink. Rule two, the presidential rule. Anytime someone says president or refers to the president, take a drink. Rule three, the gravity rule. Because they make a big point about that they're in space and there's no gravity. But then in certain scenes, there is gravity. And I don't know if I missed something. <laughs> and there's a really gross... There's a really gross scene where there's no gravity, so the fact that they can all sit there and drink coffee and it's fine, just it, it bugged the science nerd in me, so. Rule four, the polyamorous rule. Once you figure out when you've got a bunch of people in space and there's not quite a one-to-one ratio, interesting things happen, take a drink. We've <laughs> <laughs> been there for three years, people, three years. That's true. That's yeah, true. I couldn't tell if that one guy was gay or if he actually was just trying to get someone off. He's like, fuck, I'm just done. I need to get I, off. So. Does it matter? <laughs> no. I, I, don't, I, I think it's called the hole in the pulse rule. So. <laughs> gay for the stay. Hey, we, we've, seen, <laughs> we've all seen Oz. Where you literally see so much penis. So you're so a fan? Much penis. Uh, I mean, it was okay. It was really. I, yeah, I, it was I only saw a couple episodes. And then all the actors left and went to Law and Order. Which one? Yeah. Rapey Fun Time? <laughs> For what? <laughs> Law, Law and Order, Rapey Fun Time. No, the, they were going on at about the same time. I think it, they it's were like just prison gay or whatever that is. contaminating. Gotcha. Now, the thing I find so funny about like the HBO and Showtime shows that are all full of sexy time and swearing and whatnot is my good, dear, sweet 
innocent Mormon mother loves those shows. Like, <laughs> loves them. And it's so funny, because, like, Jess and I will watch them, and she's just like, this is basically softcore porn. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And she goes, your mom loves this show. I'm like, I don't want to think about that. Uh, but, yeah, it's funny. My, like, True Blood is, like, my mom's jam. Like, she loves True Blood. She loves... Um, Winter's Coming. What is the name of that show? I'm a blanking on oh, that. Game, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yes. Um, and uh, I think she even liked Westworld, which I tried watching over the weekend. I, I, I got I watched the first episode. I couldn't get into it. I might give it another shot at some point in time, but I just I couldn't get into it. But what's really funny is the number one demographic for uh, queers folk when it was on the air was actually middle aged women. Mm-hmm. I get that though. They're cute boys. They, yeah. they like to be Debbie, their mom. Oh, uh, well, we we can all hope they would be Debbie in real life because we need more <laughs> Debbies. We do, I, I guess. I've never seen the show, but I'm guessing we need more Debbies. I'm taking your word for it. Um, She's crazy pride mom. Oh, okay. I get that. Is your mom a Debbie? Mm, she's she's on her way, but not quite. Your mom's like your mom seems pretty supportive. Oh, I mean, a girl took a long time. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I remember when you first came out. I remember it was not an easy girl, road to get girl. there, but she seems pretty proud now. Girl, uh, yeah. there, was, there was years. Um, yeah. It took anyway. me moving to Utah for my mom to be okay with it. You had to leave, you had to leave the state? Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, we Coming out was a very big experience. It wasn't really good for all of us. We kind of had some fighting. But moving out of state and being this far away where... You know, I, I kind of had to grow up, and they had to do some growing up. It really actually did help the relationship. To now, it's like Eddie gets Christmas presents. So, oh, that's hmm. nice. Yeah, I wonder if and that's kind of why my parents tolerate me drinking a little bit. I mean, I don't think we don't talk about it. It's a don't ask, don't tell policy. Oh, same but, with me. Uh, they, they know I drink because I, you know, they, they've yeah. seen pictures. Yeah, and well, and the, the other thing is the, um, you know, sometimes I am reminded like how awesome I have it now. So, um, you know, oh, I, probably, I probably shouldn't tell this story, but a friend was here and he just kind of, his family life is not exactly the same as mine. And um, so sometimes I have, to, I have to be reminded that, you know, not everyone is as awesome as, as my family, even though sometimes I'm like, ooh, my family, they drive me nuts. Um, yeah. Well, that's what family's yeah. kind of supposed to do as well. So that's true. I mean, how would you know if it was the holidays if your family wasn't making you a little bit crazy? I think that's how it's supposed to go, right? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I haven't spent <laughs> the holidays with my family in over a decade. So <laughs> this last weekend is the closest I've spent the holidays with my family in a, in a few years. Actually, like I haven't been home for Thanksgiving and probably I, I can't. I don't think since I've started working my current job, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I've been home for Thanksgiving. So that's like ten years almost. I don't think so. Anyway. Um, okay, well, that being said, um, awkward family stories aside, we're going to give you a chance to read this book. Um, and this is our standard drill. If you've uh, never listened to us before, hi, welcome. This is how this, how this happens. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break. This is your opportunity to read the book if you want to. Uh, go ahead and give it a pause. You'll hear a little uh, jingle saying the same thing I'm telling you right now because uh, I made a robot voice that says all the things that I can't remember consistently so that I don't sound like <laughs> such a moron trying to say this. Um, yeah, in case you're ever wondering where that robot voice comes from, it's the stuff that I can't remember and say properly when we're actually recording. That's what that is. Uh, so anyway, the robot voice will come in. If you want to pause it, you can pause it. You can read the book um, and join us. And we kind of recommend reading this book. And then when we get back, we're going to get spoilerific on this bitch. Uh, so uh, just be prepared for that. Um, and if you don't care about spoilers, but you just want to hear our lovely, sultry, sexy voices, you can do that as well. Um, and hang out and listen to uh, Q talk about the whole book, and he'll tell you everything you ever need to know because that's his sort of become his default <laughs> job. Because so, anyway, that being said, we'll go into the break and we will talk to you on the flip side. Uh, are we uh, we ready to jump back in? Sure. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I was literally drinking. Oh, I, I know. I was letting you. That's why I was asking before we got ready to go. That's, that's why I was checking. I was like, okay. Has alcohol been consumed? Is everybody ready to go? Okay. If you have yet to read this week's book, and we'd like to read it now, press pause and go ahead. It's the small quiet moments that make people listen to this podcast. It's probably true. It's the weird, awkward side notes is probably what makes this more entertaining than anything else. <laughs> that being said, hi there, how are you? Uh, so, you've read the book, I hope, or if you haven't read the book, you're going to want to know what it's about, and you're going to want to hear our lovely and talented Q tell you everything you need to know in two minutes or less. It's a lovely little thing we call the lightning round. Q, are you ready? Uh, give me one second. Yes. Okay. 
Okay. Okay, Q. So the story of my love life. <laughs> what in two minutes or less? Um, yeah, just, just never throw your back. Well, never be gay and throw your back out. That puts a big damper in your love life. That sounds horrible. And wow. scene. And scene. <laughs> okay, so there is a new president, President Blake, and he's getting sworn in, and he reads the letter from the outgoing president that everybody hated because he started all of these foreign wars and was very President Bush-ish. Come to find out the reason he started these wars is he wanted to try to have as many trained veterans as possible because there is aliens. So with this revelation, obviously that becomes his top priority in his uh, administration. His first thing is to make contact with the team of astronauts that are already on their way um, to meet up with this alien presence somewhere between Jupiter and Saturn, uh, you find out that one of the uh, astronauts is pregnant, and you're not quite sure who all is uh, with who up there. Who be fucking? Yeah, who, who is fucking up there? It seems like everybody. All of them. Which is awesome. The president kind of gets a rundown about all what's happening and all of the questions that they can answer so far. The uh, team that is out in space uh, gets closer and closer. Um, eventually they get close enough to actually board uh, whatever kind of construct is happening out there. There's also a subplot of there are these uh, chief generals from the previous administration that seem to have their own agenda and they induce a seizure of some a stroke in the chief of staff. Again, a lot of, a lot of stuff with that. Well, because he's trying to dig into what's going on and wants to reveal it to the public. I mean, they're all just trying to figure out what exactly is going on. Um, you kind of find out that everyone's just kind of polyamorous up there in space because they're all just there and they all kind of realize that it's kind of a suicide mission and apparently they all voted to keep the baby that the uh, team leader is pregnant with. They do make contact and somehow get transported to another world, it would seem, where there's these little rainbow prism looking screw things. So also the president finds out that the other chief of staff, the replacement one, is sort of behind the uh, induced stroke of the other chief of staff. Lots of political intrigue. They try to capture or they they interrogate the old president. Um, when they make contact, they botch it fucking royally and the little <laughs> rainbow things um, attack them. They do escape, but unfortunately another team member is lost. And you find out that a previous member was lost, but they didn't tell anybody until now, which I'm like, I saw that little clue that you guys didn't say that somebody was dead before then. They get back into space, a uh, lady has her baby, um, they find out that the uh, computer storage system that is going on with the that alien technology, because we're not sure whether or not the thing that they found are the aliens or if it's just some sort of robot that they have created. Um, and then the current president, Blake, leaves a note for the previous president saying that he is completely opening up all the weapons that... Uh, they have been making since the discovery of the aliens and actually trying to end all of the wars that uh, that have been started and actually trying to fix things and the assassination attempt on the first lady is cancelled we're still left in space wondering what's going to happen next and see I'm wondering, like, yeah. did, I skip, did I skip over any major plot points? I mean, obviously I skipped over a lot, but I don't think I skipped over any like major plot points. No, that that was that pretty much summed everything mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Surprisingly, a political book that Q seemed to enjoy, which I was a little surprised by, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it. Um, it was kind of fun. It uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I, I, I don't know. It's it kind of cool. I liked it. I I kind of liked the. I mean, there's a lot of aspects of this I kind of like, but one of the things I think is really interesting about this book is I feel like it's political without without feeling to. Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't feel that way. I don't know. Anybody else have to ask? Because I'm like a moron. So, so the the like, which also comes to my my recommendation is mm -hmm. it feels like they took the American president and Independence Day and put them together. Okay. Yeah. That's definitely what it kind of feels like, because um, it definitely has like that sort of political, but not like super heavy. Like I don't know. I I didn't feel like it was like 
DMZ political drama. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so that's why I say like American president, and then obviously you know aliens. Well, I think I mean it could. I mean it is a little conspiracy theorist, but it, it's not conspiracy theorist against our reality kind of thing. It's like in a a weird, weird, weird futurist kind of world. So it doesn't feel as politically oppressive as like, hey, you should pay attention to what's going on and messing up in your own personal mm-hmm. world. I think, and maybe that's why it doesn't necessarily feel as as harsh on that. Um, I will say to jump in on my cocktail, I kind of, one thing I did do, which I thought was kind of interesting, is I found an actual history of uh, alcohol and presidents, um, which of course, as Todd is well aware, George Washington had his own distillery, and uh, over um, <laughs> over New Year's, we tried some of it, and it was awful. Like, it was so bad. Oh, I saw the video. It was, it was wonderful. We sent a video to queue of me drinking. It was so bad. Oh, so bad. It was... It was awful, and Todd got ripped off on that. Um, however, still cool, just terrible. Uh, really terrible, really terrible. It really uh, is. But a, a few of the things that I thought was interesting as far as some of these major presidents who have stuff. So George Washington, we just talked about his whiskey. Uh, Thomas Jefferson uh, is said to be um, that he would only drink three to four glasses of wine with dinner, but he never had a drop otherwise. Um, I guess he also watered it down, so it would not have an effect on him. One that I thought was interesting is Abraham Lincoln actually was born into a bourbon family. His father worked for a distillery that's currently on the site where Knob Creek was named after. Um, and uh, it was actually owned by uh, Daniel Boone's relatives. But um, as an adult, one of the things, like, they always talk about Lincoln being a, um, owning a bunch of grocery stores or whatever. He also owned a bunch of bars, that primor- and, and he's primarily sold whiskey. Um, and so um, uh, he, he, it's, you, didn't, you don't really realize that because during his political career, he was appeasing a temperance group, but he actually was very much a whiskey man. Um, Roosevelt ended uh, prohibition and apparently he uh, he liked uh, the gin martini um, was his cocktail of choice uh, Kennedy ironically enough uh, with his dealings with Cuba his favorite uh, drink was a, a Cuban daiquiri and he also uh, smoked Cuban cigars ironically enough um, Nixon also liked uh, Cuba uh, drinks he liked the Cuba Libre and is uh, you know as it's known here is rum and coke um, uh, Ronald Reagan, apparently his uh, his drink was a weakened version of the Orange Blossom, which, for those of you who are playing at home, is two parts gin, one part orange juice, and one tablespoon of fine sugar and garnished with orange slice. Uh, Bill Clinton apparently was uh, seen uh, drinking beer a lot, but he actually preferred a snake bite, which is a shot of tequila and a shot of Tabasco uh, hot sauce, which sounds insane. Um, <laughs> and then... Um, I guess Barack Obama, um, his cocktail, he used to order a drink called the Toplo... Top, okay, someone say this for me because I can't say it right. Topolobampo. T-O-P-O-L-O-B-A-M-P-O. Um, uh, that's, I guess that's something that he ordered a lot. But I stole this article off of Art in the Age, which they make um, uh, a actually really cool uh, root beer alcohol liqueur that uh, I've recommended before on the show, and I will probably post that on our blog. But my cocktail I have is the El Presidente, which is actually named after a Cuban president. Um, <laughs> but um, it's uh, two parts rum, one part caracao, one part dry vermouth, and a dash of grenadine, and you stir well, and then uh, with ice, and then straight into a glass and garnish with an orange peel. Pretty quick and easy thing to do, but I figured this has a lot of presidential stuff. And you could either go spacey or presidential, because it's kind of a split between two worlds, so I went on the presidential route, um, is how I went with it. So, my cocktail, um, I'm calling, uh, well, I'm not calling it, it it's called that. Sorry, I took two <laughs> shots and I already, I can't speak. Um, <laughs> it's called the Act astronaut and it is one and a half ounces of white rum one and a half ounces of vodka one and a half teaspoons of lemon juice and one and a half teaspoons of passion fruit juice so it's a lot of booze just a little bit of flavor um and then you just shake the shit out of that and pour it into um a glass of ice and garnish with a lemon twist cool that sounds good it does todd do you have a cocktail yeah the name of this cocktail is should i drink this if i'm pregnant <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> so this is uh, one and a half ounces of pomegranate juice, uh, one ounce of white rum, quarter ounce of simple syrup, and two ounces of prosecco. Okay. So prosecco is an Italian champagne. So pomegranate juice, a little bit of white rum, some sugar, and some champagne in it. So and um, you mix that all together with a bunch of crushed ice, and it's nice and sweet and. Can hardly taste the alcohol in it. 
That sounds dangerous and lovely. It does. Speaking of dangerous and lovely, Adam, do you have any cocktail for this? I do, and actually because I was inspired by our our trip yesterday to uh, High West. uh, Mine is called the Chandelier because it's silver and sparkly. uh, And actually, it's kind of a different take on a mojito. Uh, I like it because you use a lot more mint, and I'm a huge mint fan. Mm -hmm. Um, So you take 10 mint leaves, uh, Mm -hmm. one and a half ounces of the High West silver whiskey. It has to be that one. It can't be the other ones. Uh, Mm -hmm. Two tablespoons of sugar half a lime uh and then uh take muddle it all together add some ice shake the shit out of it don't strain it pour it into a cup with the ice because you want that all kind of mixed in mm-hmm. uh, and then you top it off with about a half cup of club soda and you stir and garnish with a lime wedge and really it's cool because mm-hmm. the, the whiskey kind of gives a bit of a different flavor than you expect and if you don't like that you can still use rum like you do but make sure you've got to use in a, a clear liquor because if you use um like say like a, a golden rum or a golden whiskey comes you get more of the caramelization of the sugars and it changes the flavor a bit too much so gotcha okay and that silver oat high west whiskey is delightful oh my god it is delightful yeah we went up to uh the distillery yesterday for lunch and one of the things i thought was interesting they had two uh light whiskeys they had the silver oat and they had the omg mm-hmm. and the silver oat i thought was significantly better than the omg personally um, I was curious I as to what, what Todd and Adam's thoughts on that were. Yeah, the only, I mean, the OMG was was pretty good. The the silver whiskey was my favorite, followed by the 14 year. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one I didn't like, what, what was, wasn't there one that, that was like, uh, I think Jess bought it. It was like the taster of it. It was like they aged it in like uh, port barrels or something like that. Oh, that'd be that Midsummer Night's Dram. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. Neither am I. I've got a bottle of it if anyone wants some. It's overpriced and not my fave. Oh, and Q, you would appreciate this. They have, well, you don't drink whiskey, but they did have um, a whiskey that was taken from the same recipe that the uh, the Mormon pioneers used to use, which I thought was very interesting. Oh. Uh, I was like, I did not know that the, uh, the Mormon pioneers were drinkers, but that would also oh, shock me. Oh, try to keep them warm. It's fucking cold. That's, That's right. Well, the the old the Mormon pioneers they drank whiskey and beer. It wasn't until recently that they they, they turned the, the switch on that. So. Oh really? Oh yeah. No, like there's uh, there's a I can't remember what the beer is, but there's a beer they make that's based off of Brigham Young's recipe. Yeah, and that was the whiskey that was based yeah, off of that as well. It was the, it was the prairie whiskey, um, and oh crap! I had a story. I went away. Oh well. Um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good drink you have, isn't it, Adam? <laughs> now, after say, oh god, this this miserable bitch today. Now, I, I, we won't go there. Just say that if you can't do math, you shouldn't be allowed to shop where I work or drive a fucking car. So <laughs> let's just say, so yeah, someone didn't understand why. Yeah, they, they could. They literally couldn't do math, and so I took a piece of paper and a pencil. I, I probably should use a crayon if I was being a smartass. <laughs> how it all worked and how much everything cost, and she still didn't get it. And like said, "Well, I'm going to write a letter." I'm like, "Then fine. Here's your fucking thirty dollars. Get the fuck out of my store." Now I didn't say that. I thought yeah. that. And then when I went to the office and saw my boss, I said it to him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Oh God, you didn't say it to her." I'm like, "Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> you think I would say that to the old broad?" No. <laughs> well, when you get a letter in crayon, you know where who it came from. Yes. For me, I guess I feel like this. The story is sort of simplistic. Like it's people in I mean, space, yeah, and it's it's a pretty straightforward. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, we're trying to figure out what these aliens are doing and what they're building, and you know, there's yeah. obviously a lot of po- different political agendas going on in Washington. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's not really anything else to, which is why I mean, it's pretty easy to like skim through and just tell you like the main plot points yeah and it's, it's a fairly quick read too i mean i i, I was yeah. going to this and i think maybe half hour i was done with the whole thing but it's but it's fun the art's good i mean i like i like the art a great deal i mean it's a little more cartoony you know what i mean like i guess it's not the realistic art uh that you sometimes get and, there. and honestly i'm gonna say that's probably because one it's um a guy from was a guy from spain which, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's going to be a different flair anyway. But also, it's a more independent book. It's from Ani Phony. Is it mm-hmm. yeah. Phony Press? So it's not like they're getting guys from Marvel to come over and, and do their work, which is... Mm-hmm. So it's us. And they're probably looking for something different than yeah. more of a mainstream book, too. Well, sometimes what you get with Oni Press and you get with uh, Image is you get 
writers who do stuff for other bigger name companies who then come and do stuff for, uh, you know, like do their own independent personal project kind of thing, like passion projects, I guess is a better way of describing it. It's sometimes what you get with these. So, but I don't necessarily know, I haven't seen a lot of write, uh, artists do that. Like you see a lot of up and coming artists do it, but like writers who can seem to be able to bounce between multiple projects will have a passion project on the side, which I feel like this is what it is. Oh, I was going to say one kind of plot point that I missed is that, so the aliens are obviously building this structure, um, mm-hmm. which they nicknamed the chandelier and, mm-hmm. and um, one, the, one, yeah, one of their, um, one of the scientists that are on board, I can't remember what his actual specialty was, is kind of like, well, if engineering is the same, you know, because it's science and science and math are sort of the universal languages, it looks like a gun. So, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, some of the other, the scientist who runs the project on Earth is like, when he's kind of explaining the whole project, he's like, they're obviously here, they know that we're here, and they obviously want something from us, and that's through all this logic reasoning that, that mm-hmm. he The three questions that, that was really cool, I liked that a lot. As mm-hmm. did I. Um, but what I was going to say, a uh, couple things, one, you mentioned the artwork, and it was mainly when they're up in space, not so much the people on Earth. Um, anyone ever used to watch? It was on MTV that anime series uh, Aeon Flux. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were some certain like panels that reminded me very, very strongly of that. So I don't know if the artist was you know involved. I didn't look it up because I've been busy. Was either involved in that project or maybe was just influenced by it. But there were certain scenes that almost felt anime inspired. I don't know if it was just because why that popped in my head, but that was just kind of an interesting take for me on it. Uh, but the one thing I really, really liked, and I'll finish it up with the one thing I yeah, kind of didn't. Like you said, this is very much like, hey, the, the president who's leaving was very much like Bush. And mm-hmm. I think right now we all would be begging to have Bush back. Um, <laughs> but I, it was kind of fun to sit back and think like, so yeah, people out there who thought Bush, Bush was an asshole. What if you found out, okay, this is why he was doing it. That's why mm-hmm. you, all this crazy shit happened and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, and I, I know some people who are very hardcore Republicans who think that Bush will be vindicated in the long run and I think they're full of shit but mm-hmm. something like this would be the kind of thing where like oh so that's why we're doing that and I kind of like those what if scenarios um, mm-hmm. kind of like how I like reading some of like the one shots from Marvel and DC where it's like well what if you know uh, I think you know Uncle Ben hadn't been shot let's say it was like Peter or something like that you know where mm-hmm. you can see the different scenarios so for me it's just kind of a fun way to kind of take off I love the political aspect uh, just because I'm very much politically inclined to follow what's going on and Actually, not post about it on Facebook because that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one thing I, I really didn't like, and it's not, and it's not so much a bad thing. It's just I felt like we didn't really learn much in this book. Like yeah. I'm excited to see what happens next. I'm going to read more of it, um, especially because the first two trades are on uh, Comicsology Unlimited. Please sponsor us because we praise your virtues every single week. Uh, so I want. I'm definitely going to read more. I'm excited to read more. But I kind of felt like we didn't learn much from page one to the last page of the novel. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we found out what the creatures or maybe their guards or their somethings were like. Uh, I think it was cool that way they replicated and found out that each piece is exact mirror of the bigger pieces and how it could be a hard drive and everything else. But that's about it. I mean, you don't learn anything. You kind of end knowing as much as you did from the get-go and I find that kind of frustrating and again it could just be because there's such a big overarching story that you, you need to read more and uh, and, and that's why it went, uh, earlier I can't remember if we said it on air or not probably not anyway I'm drunk I haven't had anything to drink in a few days and I just took two shots back to back um, but um so that's on Brian that I'm hoping that I'm oh I'm gonna have to take a shot after that um uh, um the uh I'm hoping this is a limited series that there's a a, a definite plan to end this because I uh, something like this I'm like well it needs to end somewhere like there has to be right an end point and there has to be um, you know obviously it's got something to tell so like if this if this book were part of a movie this would be that first 30 minutes when you kind of have to like barrel through and get all the information you can get and then the really cool stuff happens so like yeah. if, the, if this were the movie Aliens this would be up until the point that they then go down and like half the team gets killed and then they have to regroup. Like that's what this book would be be to me. Or like when the thing bursts out of his chest and you're like, oh shit. But yeah, yeah, the first Alien movie. But like, yeah. it, I prefer Aliens. It's a, you know, as I said, it's a family tradition. Did you watch Aliens this year, Q? No, I did. Uh, 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 
This is a very complicated Halloween <laughs> holiday Halloween <laughs> holiday season, you guys. So, um, kind of don't want to talk about it. All right, I did see that trailer for that new Alien Covenant movie, mm-hmm. and now it makes me afraid to shower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't ruin this for me. I like my showers, and now you're ruining it for me. Um, As I read 44, I mean, I'm similar to a lot of things. It almost seems that this was initially being written with a premise, and depending how the next book goes, it's either going to be a, hey, your uh, setup was great, or you're trying to figure out what the fuck you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So, because, yeah, it's very much so the first 30 minutes in the setup. And then you watch it, and there's some interesting... There's a lot of interesting introduction to a bunch of ideas. Mm-hmm. But what's its next step? It, I don't really know which way it's going to go. Which is good, and a little bit worrying, both at the same time for me. Um, and this is not, so far as I can tell, a limited series. The 30th issue comes out next month. Oh. Yeah, and I think... I was looking up earlier, like, I know that an issue came out in October... So, I mean, it's still going to, but it also could be like a, I mean, I know a lot of the stuff that goes on an image, like uh, Why the Last Man, which we'll be reading next month. And um, uh-huh. uh, they normally have, like, have a, like a marking point of like 60 issues seems to be kind of a standard length for a series as well. Uh-huh. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's what will happen. I don't know. But, yeah, so I know I'll read the next trade, definitely. But there better be some answers or I'm going to have to start. And actually, I just did kind of see somewhat of a spoiler when I was, I clicked on the, the issue 30 to see if it mentioned if it was the end and it said, oh, this happens. I'm like, oh, good. I didn't want to know that. So don't put a comicsology and click on issue 30 or you'll learn some things. Like what the aliens are called. You can't unsee it, Adam. It's kind of like, uh, like Megan Fox and her toe thumbs. That's true. Tom Cruise's ex-wife, what is her name? Katie Holmes. Her eyes are not centered on her head. They're like lopsided, and it makes me insane. Like once you see it, you cannot unsee it. Like it makes. Well, that's nuts. why she always has the asymmetrical smile to balance it out, Brian. That's why she's always shot at a profile. But uh, uh, sorry, I'm I'm catching up to this game. Un, uh, you can't unhear Sam Smith's lisp. <laughs> so like what, once once you listen to enough of his songs. And you start to hear the lisp, then oh, that's all you can hear. Raspberry. Yep, just took the third shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, hey, we're off to a great start. We, yeah. we do not recommend trying to drink with Q. Actually, we were having a conversation uh, yesterday in the car. Uh, we have a friend Q out here who is a film critic. His name is Jimmy Martin. And the first time Jess met him, she tried to match him drink for drink. I'm like that's a really mm-hmm. bad idea. Mm-hmm. Don't try to do it. Q, you are the only person I know that I think I might be able to pit up against Jimmy. <laughs> Um, so when my sister-in-law moved here from England, uh, within her first week, me and mom took her to see, um, the play that was going on in our theater. And, uh, afterwards we were like, oh, we should go hang out with everybody. That would be cool. And, you know, I can, we can show, um, Ruth our, our bar. And, uh, Ruth very, very, um, bravely tried to drink with me and my, my best friend, Ben. <laughs> And go beer for beer and shot for shot of fireball with us. And she did not get out of bed until four o'clock the next day. (laughs) Poor thing. And and to be honest, she hasn't really gone out drinking with us then. Um, I can't I can't blame her. I mean, we're we're pretty hardcore. Yeah, I, I luckily I think I've spent most of my time being smart enough not to try to outdrink anybody. I'm like, I'm just, I'm not. I'm, I'll do me, you do you. I'm not gonna try to outdrink. Well, I'm also not 22 anymore. So yeah, yeah, yeah and I also I didn't drink when I was 22. So. Oh, um, I was bad well, back then. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I was a boring Mormon boy, as Q can attest to. Yes. Um, He's at the corner at parties. Ugh. I know. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's what the hip kids do, right? They sit in the corner and watch the crowd. That's, that's what the cool kids so do. hip. I know. You Super should have hip. seen Brian and I at the dance club. That was something to behold. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we had one time, Tom. So awkward. <laughs> we just sat on the balcony and watched. That's all we did. We loved watching people. It was we loved awesome. it. But, yeah. <laughs> but Amy in her, her former life had gone to clubs a lot, and so she was like, okay, here, we'll, we'll go to the club. And, and, and so we went and we hung on the club, and we just sat there. And I, I know Amy is so annoyed because I think she wanted to go dancing with Todd. We're just basically sitting in the bathroom and be like, nope. oh my God. Like, we're like watching this one girl leave with some guy, then come back, then leave with a different guy, then come back. And we're like, is she getting paid? Like, She's what's just going on? Life. She's living yeah. her life. She's earned. How can you help us to out? Can you lend us $5? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Adam, your line is. What? He said, can you lend a sister five dollars? So your line is? <laughs> oh, no, ma'am. 
<laughs> Sorry, I was like, I was getting drink recipe up from, for the next one, so. <laughs> well, cool. Um, so, yes, we've now told embarrassing stories. We've discussed the book. We've discussed politics. Oh, and, uh, uh, I, going back to, I think I mentioned it before, the, you know, let me the $5. Q, you are infamous in my work now. Because everyone, <laughs> I've made everyone listen to your story. And, like, people just randomly walk up to me and go, it's a terrible night to be lonely. <laughs> and the proper response, no matter where you are, is, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. But honestly, everyone, everyone's excited about you because they all think that story is the best thing they've ever heard. So, Well, I mean, it is kind of the best thing ever. So you're welcome, America. <laughs> I, I, we, we, I told Brian's mom the, the, the hooker story in Pioneer Park, but I was very censored with it. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be honest about that, Adam. Wait, you told uh, you Brian's mom my story? No, no, I just, said, I just said we were waiting for a friend, and we just got propositioned by, like, four different people. Oh, I was yeah. being very, very, very... Because I told, I told my mom that story, so I told my mom... His mom, my mom's version of the story. I wasn't going to go and be like, I suck your dick for $20. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'll be honest with you, Adam. So I... Because I was upstairs packing, and Adam and uh, Todd and Todd's wife, Amy, were hanging out with my mom in my house like you. Because, like, my mom, although she is a good normal woman, uh, she is also, she's pretty uh, cool. Just, like, she just likes talking to people, you know what I mean? Like, she's just interested in people in general. Um, And so um, I come downstairs to get something, and I hear Adam starting (laughs) to tell that story. And I'm just like... I'm just gonna walk out of the room. Like I'm just no one knows I'm here yet. Like I can hear from the other side of the door. I'm like, I'm just heading back upstairs. I'm just gonna let him keep going. Like that's that's fine. I'm just gonna whatever. I'm not gonna sit here, I'm not gonna watch my mom squirm, it's gonna be fine. I didn't know how far I was gonna go. I was like, that's fine, we'll just see what happens. Well no, I, I told her the G rated version of it. Yeah, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Which I figured you would. I I wasn't worried about that. I was just like Oh, this will be interesting. I'll see if my mom brings it up later. She doesn't. Not at all. Yeah, because there was nothing to be said. Just like, hey, we were sitting there and like we got propositioned. We're like, no, thank you. That's that's the end of the story. I didn't. Yeah. We didn't go into details. Well, if you would like to be propositioned by a hooker, uh, you can talk my to my phone Q number is eight zero one. I mean, do you want to go around and give like final reviews? Um, well, well, I'll say uh, in general, I like this book. I think, like a lot of the other people here on this, I'm curious as to reading more. Um, I do think that the further books will decide whether or not the rest of the book um, is great. I think this is a good and interesting introduction. I think it's a good, interesting con- uh, concept. Um, pretty quick and easy read. Um, but yeah, it, it's not the story itself is not wrapped up in all this, uh, but it does leave you interested enough to find out what happens next. Um, so there is that. So, but I think uh, the jury's out on the overall story. But on this book in general, I would say that I like it and would recommend it. Todd, what are your thoughts? Uh, along similar lines to you, but I'm gonna have to talk to other people that have read it first before I keep going. Okay. Well, well I know, I know Maya liked there. it a lot. Maya's a huge. Yeah, Maya's fan. the one who originally recommended it to me. Oh, okay. So, yeah, in that regard, um, a bit back with the art as I'm staring at this here again. Here it is. Um, I can totally see your Eon Flux reference. Yeah, on the, that. the space ones, like when like the the people in silhouettes, especially, kind of pops mm-hmm. up with that Eon Flux kind of thing. Yeah, it's definitely not DC Marvel styling of it, but it's not, and it's not for a lack of detail mm-hmm. in any way. At the same time, too, it is. It really fits the story well, and I also think what's not it's quite a diverse cast of characters when you tell this type of story i mean it'd be very easy just to have the uh you know the aryan nation be the only ones represented it <laughs> and they did a pretty good job with that as well it, it was fine i just need to go read other stuff first i guess i get you that's get fine you. on that yeah hugh what is your thoughts um i really liked it um again i thought i thought it was a really interesting intro- introduction where i really would like to find, I would like to continue to read. Um, however, mm-hmm. there's just, you know, a lot of other stuff we've got to read first. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, um, it, you know, I, I felt that all of the characters were interesting. I felt they were all different. I felt you kind of, even though you don't know exactly what they're doing, but you know that everyone has an agenda and you know that they're mm-hmm. all trying to work towards whatever that agenda might be. Um, I, I felt that it, it was compelling. I mean, you know, there, there's this president who really wants to do, you know, right by the country and um, now the world because, you know, it's pretty... Something something very interesting that I would like to know in future books is whether or not other countries have found out about the aliens and of what mm-hmm. they're doing. Um, 
to to maybe establish contact first because that would be a very interesting thing if there's like the quote bad astronauts that are on you know the other side of space trying to also make contact with the aliens that could be you know a very cool thing and i, I mean and just with that there's there, i feel like there's still lots of different possibilities so it's not like you know what's going to happen um again are the little rainbow screw things are those the actual aliens are those just their robots are those you know what's going on what's going to happen with this baby are the people actually going to get back from the spaceship i mean seriously once you introduce a baby everyone like, oh my gosh, we've got to save the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, there's like what happens when the government finds out about that baby too? I mean, exactly. Um, you know, is the first baby born in space, like, that's crazy. Also, I do not want to know what they did with that placenta. I mean, <laughs> well, to be honest, you I do not want to know. Um, but uh, I, I got lots of different cool things going on. Um, I. And this also very much lends itself to being adapted into um, a live-action animated movie or Mm -hmm. series or, you know, depending on how long it goes, you know, maybe it would be, you know, an interesting series to have. Um, Also, another interesting thing is there was this guy, Rowan, who was on the spaceship with them, and where is he? He was mentioned once, and then he's not mentioned again until they're like, oh, yeah, and there are these two guys who died Mm -hmm. on that thing and you're like wait what there yeah were two guys who died because i think it was just the one um well I so mean, you- the other thing that gets interesting is potentially i mean and i'm just you kind of bring that up is that they're out in space on their own they could kill someone and just blame something else you know what I mean? yeah. if, if something got to that point so like with the two parents uh, or the two potential fathers of the child or maybe three who knows maybe four there could become a jealousy between that and then what happens if they kill each other off and they just blame it on the aliens or whatnot well, you know what and, i mean and, and the thing is that since they all quote voted to keep the baby like did they all vote to kill this guy yeah maybe and, anyway just all lots of interesting things i i say i say go read it kids okay mm-hmm. adam our final uh, thoughts on this so, again, like I said before, I loved the political aspect of it. I liked that there were two stories going on uh, that, even though they were disparate, they also kind of made sense with with each other. Um, especially the part about, you know, explaining why George Bush was an asshole. Uh, yeah, I, I'm intrigued. I want to know more. But, I, like I said, the one thing I can't get over is the fact that I didn't learn anything while I was reading it. And, yes, I'm excited. I want to go find out more. You know, the next issue... Maybe that'll explain things, but I kind of expect more out of a series when I'm, you know, when I spend that much time with it. But it, it is fun. It's a quick read. It's uh, it's a really interesting idea. I like the way at the end when you kind of meet whatever the things are, if they're the aliens or not, like how they kind of broke that down scientifically. I love the three questions about, you know, why are these aliens here? Because I think mm-hmm. in real life that would be the conundrum and the philosophical discussion we would have to have is... Like, if, if they came this far, yes, they obviously know we're here. They came here for a reason. They're interested in us, and they want something from us. So how are we going to figure that out? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that part's all cool. I, I want to read more, but I'm going to withhold final judgment until I get about six more issues in to see if it was worth that investment of time. I gotcha. But, I mean, the, no, so, the story's cool. I like the dialogue. I like the, the, the serial killer dude or, like, the, the hitman who's there with his family and, you know, is all like, oh, hey, kids, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. I'm going to kill someone. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was fun because I, I like those kind of – I like hitman characters, but especially when they, they're kind of, like, nice on one side and then evil in the next. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I'm going to read more. That's the, the, the positive thing I can say. But I'm going to – I want to come back in a couple weeks and be like, hey, I read the next six issues and – let me give you a follow-up. I got you. And I think, in general, I think most of us are kind of like a, we liked it, it's not a drop everything, go read it, but it is a, hey, if you're looking for something to read, it's worth reading. You know? Um, whereas I think, like, on something like Saga, we kind of, you know, I know Q kind of dropped everything and read all, everything that was there. Oh, and, I, it was that w- Wicked and Divine. I read the whole yeah. series in one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I picked it up for do this, and I immediately went and bought all the trades and added it to my hold. I mean, I couldn't yeah. wait to finish it. It was... The same thing with the uh, the Darth Vader series too. Like you just can't mm-hmm. wait to see what comes next, um, and that's not a slight against this book. It just says that it didn't have quite the same draw as those did. But yeah. it's been too and far between. I've had a book like that. It's been before yeah. I've actually read that. I just immediately went out and devoured everything. So yeah, it's it's an eight, not a ten. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, like no, it's it. good. I had a lot of fun with it, and I, I'm going to read more. But I just yeah. don't know what I think for sure yet. Okay. 
Sounds good. Does anybody have any recommendations or that they would want to start with that they're just clamoring to, to say? As I said before, like, this book is very, for whatever reason, very American president, and it is one mm-hmm. of my... Is, I'm not going to say, like, favorite movies, but I'm going to be like, it's it's one of those movies that I definitely have watched a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I'd probably say it's in, like, my maybe top 25 mm-hmm. movies. Um but I mean, there was something very like welcoming and um, likable about President. Is it Blade Slade again? I'm I'm getting really bad at learning characters' names now in these books because there's because we read so because we read so many books now. I remember his wife's name is Izzy. Uh, Blades, Blades. Um, there was just something I I really I really liked him and it just kind of reminded me of um, Michael Douglas, an American president, and I don't know, it made me want to go watch that movie again. So, if you also enjoy that movie, go watch it. <laughs> oh, um, also, I would be remiss if I did not mention um, the late great Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, I again as a kid. Uh, you know, most kids want to grow up and be Luke Skywalker or Han Solo. I totally want to grow up and be Princess Leia. But so this weekend, um, over the over the holiday weekend, um, I rewatched Wishful Drinking, which is amazing, and I suggest oh, everyone watch it. Yeah, it's on it's on Netflix. Um, I purchased her new book that uh, just came out recently. The uh, memoirs. It's called the. Princess Diarist. It's mm-hmm. uh, her j- newly found journals of when she was filming the original Star Wars movie, and bombshell, she and Harrison Ford totally hooked up, which is so awesome. I mean, not really. <laughs> he was married and had kids at the time, but whatever. Um, and uh, another great thing that I that I watched, because um, also, again, late great Debbie Reynolds, um, I, we watched Postcards from the Edge, which was mm-hmm. written by Carrie Fisher, which was also based on her novel, which is very autobiographical. After that um, book and movie came out, Debbie Reynolds did not speak to Carrie Fisher for quite some time. Um mm-hmm because of what she felt was a very negative portrayal. I don't think that was negative. Shirley MacLaine does an amazing job in that movie. And I'm really surprised that with Shirley MacLaine and Meryl Streep in that movie, added with Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds, why that movie isn't more popular. Um, mm-hmm. It was, It also, it was a really good movie. And had lots of, like, crazy cameos. Richard Dreyfuss and Gene Hackman. Um, lots and lots of people in that movie. But anyway... I, I suggest going and just enjoying, I mean, watch Singing in the Rain a whole bunch more times, watch Tammy, The Unsinkable Molly Brown, or one of Adam and I's favorites, Connie and Carla. Oh, we went Uh, back and watched that one too. Tits out. (laughs) Tits out. Um, (laughs) Anyway, just Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds, they're amazing. When we were buying, because we used a bunch of uh, old books for our... uh our centerpieces for our wedding. I was going to this old used bookstore, and one of the things I found there is was, was I found a postcards from the edge for like a dollar, oh. and I bought it. And I, I haven't I haven't read it yet, but I still have it. It's, but uh, it's good. I'm excited. About I read that a long time ago. I think when I was in college, and I, I need to go back and do it because I remember loving it. I read it like I think in two days. I just tore through it, but I do need to go back and read it again because I remember it being fantastic. Cool. Well, Adam, since you're uh, talking, do you got any uh, recommendations? Yeah, so I um, I had this game I purchased last year, and I kind of played the first hour of it and then turned it off, kind of forgot about it. Um, and then it just kind of popped up randomly again, and it's a game called Quantum Break. Uh, it's on Xbox One, and it's kind of fun. You've got... Uh, so the, per- the point of the game is that you- the main character, his name is Jack, he's played by uh, the actor Sean Ashmore, who we know as Iceman from the X-Men movies. And it's actually him doing all the mocap and everything else. And his uh, brother's working with this guy uh, named Paul Serene, who's played by Aiden Gillen, who is Littlefinger from the Game of Thrones series. And uh, his brother and this guy Paul are doing this uh, experiment. Things go wrong, and essentially it breaks time. And so it turns into like this action adventure shooter where because you were there, you get these powers like stop time and you can like zip around and stuff. So that's pretty cool. But what's really fun is they actually filmed an hour and a half of like a TV show to go along with it. So in between every act, you stop and you watch 20 minutes of the show explaining everything that's kind of going on around you. And then when you go back and hop into the game, you see how your actions affected things that you saw before. 
Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like, you know, you get captured, you're in this truck, and then these people come to find you, and one person tries to kill someone, and all of a sudden their guns are gone, and the police come in, and they're all pissed because this guy, Jack, just killed half his team. Well, 20 minutes later, when you take control of the character again, you hop out of the truck, you take their guns away, when you chop stop time, and then go out and to escape, kill all these cops. Which, I'm not saying kill cops, I'm just saying it's a cool plot idea. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really fun, They do a, it's really well acted, I think it's probably better acted and directed and written than half the TV shows out there. <laughs> and I was kind of sad because they were talking about doing an actual TV series out of it. It didn't work out. Um, but the game's a lot of fun. It, it's The actual gameplay isn't the best out there. I'd say that part's an 8 out of 10. But the story is fantastic. And the really cool thing is, too, is at the end of every act, they put you in charge of, for a five-minute scene, of the bad guy. And you have to make a decision that will change how the game goes. So the very first part, you can choose to kill witnesses or start like a, a smear campaign against Jack to make people think he's a terrorist. And mm-hmm. the choice you make changes the game and also in the t- in the uh, the TV video parts of it changes what characters are still there and what's going on. So you kind of feel mm-hmm. like you're having more of a choice of what's happening in the game instead of just being like this kind of passive character. So mm-hmm. Quantum Break, it's on Xbox One and PC and it's weird. It's, it's never really gone on sale. So if you can find it for less than 60 bucks, um, I'd say just pick it up because it's worth, it's worth going through at least twice to see how your choice is being good or bad can change the game. Speaking of games, I'll give uh, a recommendation real fast before we get to Todd's. I was over at uh, Jimmy and Kat's place, and I know Adam's played these before. I they have a, a thing called uh, Jackbox Games, um, where basically it, in, it's basically a, an Xbox game, but it also in, you use your cell phone. So you're playing the game on the on the screen as a group, but then uh, if you log in on your cell phone uh, through a website, and then it has a code for the room, and then you answer trivia questions or do things that way through your phone. So basically, you sort of get that same feel of doing a um, like a board games kind of thing but it's also sort of this interactive uh, video game kind of thing so it was really fun like it was it was it had more of a like group board game kind of vibe than anything else but they have a they have one game that I know Adam loves which is a, a murder game where basically you're like all the different characters you have to answer uh, it's sort of like almost like a Saw movie where like you have to answer trivia questions or else you have to go to a challenge uh, against whoever didn't answer the question properly and then if you don't make it then your character dies but the ghost can still come in so you can still win theoretically but like surviving longer gives you more of a, a lead towards the end yeah, um, it, I don't it's, know. it's pretty kid friendly you're playing little stuffed animals you're not playing people yeah. so yeah but like they have that one they have they have one called faking it where basically um everybody except for one person is given like one prompt like to like they'll say like you know uh raise your hand if you've ever you know uh kissed a dog on the lips or something like that but then there'll be one person that says okay um you don't know what's going on, so just raise your hand or don't. So you have to sort of fake it. So you're basically looking around the room trying to figure out who's lying and who's not. And uh, you can try to vote. And if the person faking it, you know, can withhold it from everyone for as long as possible, uh, you know, they, they make more points kind of thing. So that was pretty fun. There's a, quite a few little games on it, but it was I was surprised at how entertaining and fun it was. Uh, I think we went through all of the games at least once while we were sitting there. Just We were just killing time waiting for someone to, to come pick something up. But uh, we had a great time with that. Um, and since Adam has played it, is there anything else you want to recommend on that game, Adam, since you played that? Um, well, there's actually, there, that's the third one. They've made two previous ones. Okay. Um, the other ones had a game called Fibbage, where they throw a random trivia question up, and you're trying to you know, answer in a way that everyone guesses your answer, but then you want to guess the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a way you can play where you can you can vote on what you think is the most horrible or funniest thing people can throw uh-huh. out there. Uh, if you ever want to know just how depraved some of your friends are, <laughs> play that version of the game. It makes Cards Against Humanity look nice. So that's what that's what we were doing with Jimmy as well. You can also have people log in and just watch as well if they and, want. And so we don't can want people logging in while we're doing the bad version. So cool. Um, and Todd, do you have any recommendations? I have two recommendations. Um, since we are all talking about High West, I'm going to bring up. So besides the alcohol you can buy there, which is mostly highly rated, you should buy the alcohol there. They also have maple syrup. They have aged in their whiskey barrels as well. So if anyone's looking and you see any kind of recipe that calls out for an agave syrup or like a maple syrup for anything, use this stuff instead because it's quite tasty and it could add a very interesting slant to a drink. It's, it was really good stuff. It was it's really, really good stuff. And then what did enter my mind was the movie Super Troopers where they're um, in the cafe and you see the different guys racing each other to drink the entire bottle of syrup, pancake syrup. Yeah. Yeah, that would... I don't know. I just feel like I'm having a heart attack watching that. But Yeah. Hilarious. 
The other thing I want to address, though, is um, Andy Diggle's book, Rat Catcher. It's on Vertigo Crime imprint. This thing came out like six years ago. And it's a bit of a cross between No Country for Old Men and the um, another TV show that I've drank too much I've forgotten. So let's just take No Country for... It's kind of like No Country for Old Men. It's in West Texas. You've got a detective trying to hunt down a mole in the department. And it is... Um, Awesome, and Q would hate it, but I love it. Okay. So yeah, Rat Catcher, Andy Diggle. Well, awesome. If uh, if no one else has anything to say, that will probably finish up for this week. Um, next week we are going to be doing the Omega Men, sort of connected to the early what '96 run of the Omega Men, sort of not really. Um, the basic gist of it is, is that uh, Kyle Rainier, the uh, White Lantern, is uh, killed on, uh, I would say television, but it's sort of like a, a intergalactic streaming service by a uh, revolutionary group, and uh, you are uh, now trying to figure out what uh, what the revolutionary group really wants happening, or uh, really wants, and, and what's actually happening, and uh, there's a lot of trail. It's also a semi-political book, but it's sort of a, another beginning of the end um, of, uh, there's there's wars being destroyed, or worlds being destroyed, um, and uh, and all that fun stuff. Uh, also by, um, it's by Tom King, who did, uh, last week we did uh, The Vision, same writer as last week, um, one of my new favorite writers, uh, and so we will be doing that next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.